0: Welcome to the Shootin' the Cube podcast, the podcast that's harder than your competition cooker and your first wife. We'll be talking barbecue and more with one of the top pitmasters in the game. Get ready for juicy tips, saucy tricks, and sizzling stories that'll leave you hungry for more. Let's start Shootin' the Cube. Here's your host, Heath Riles. How's it going, everybody? Today, we've got a special guest in-house. Of course, besides my wife, Candace, we've got Kevin low here today. Come. I know a lot of people pronounce his name wrong, but not me. I get it right.
1: Only when I come here
0: between you and Mitchell. Between, why you got to throw my name in it? Okay, Mitchell's fault. All right, Mitchell's fault. Everything that happens, even though Mitchell is not here or lives in another state, it's his fault or COVID's fault. That's <laughs> what we're going to say from now on, moving forward. All right. All right, Kevin, so for the people that don't know you, tell us who you are, uh, what's your barbecue team name, and a little bit about yourself.
1: Uh, my name's Kevin Laroque. Um My team is Kevlar Barbecue, and I brought, got that from Kevin Laroc, the kevlara lot of people do not know that they A lot of people don't know that they're – a lot of people don't know that they, they make jokes that's too tough. You know, what is your meat Tough.
0: So like Kevlar. So, Kevlar. so Awesome. So, where are you from? Uh, from Michigan, Clarkston, Michigan. You grew up with Kid Rock? He lives in the same town. You and him ever hang out? Uh, not personally. Man, you could have told a good lie right then. <laughs> I mean, something.
1: He does hang out at a local restaurant, and he gets his own section all uh, blocked off. He goes by me. He calls me big guy, but he doesn't talk to anybody else. So,
0: oh, it kind of makes you feel special. Yeah, I know what it is. Me and sometimes me and him texting. He's like, "Yeah, I seen big guy again." (laughs) (laughs) Such a liar. I know. Well, look, everybody. You know, Kevin. Me and him have such a good relationship. I went and I taught a barbecue class in Michigan. What year was that? Two
1: thousand seventeen.
0: Two thousand seventeen. I was cooking hot and heavy then, and rolling around and and traveling the country, and I got asked to come teach a barbecue class. And, I, you know, I didn't want to drive all the way to Michigan, and it was in December. And I was like, oh, I've always heard horror stories about Michigan in December. So through – was it Mitchell that we kind of got connected, or somebody who was it for, maybe Richard Parker? That
1: was through the Great Lakes Barbecue Association that's at right. the time.
0: Yeah.
1: That's so right. I'm not sure who you talked to, but that's that was one of their –
0: well, you were cooking, associated. you had some Traegers like you still do now, yep. and were you cooking on a deep south then, maybe? No, never had a deep south. Never I had, had a southern queue, but southern I wasn't Q. on
1: the southern queue then.
0: Okay. Yeah, it was, it was the Traegers you had. You yep. said you could bring some Traeger to the class for me, <clears throat> and I ended up shipping my meat to you yep. for the class, and then we ended up hitting ho- hitting it off – as buddies, and you ended up staying in the hotel room with me in the extra bed I had, so you wouldn't have to go back and forth. Oh, well, you had to tell that story, didn't you? Well, I mean, man, you give great back no, rubs. I mean, <laughs> I didn't want to say that. But, no, I, I mean, you know, we just become great friends is what I'm trying to say. Right. I'll never forget it. It was a memorable trip with all the snow we had and everything else, trying to do that class outside. Uh, it was probably four foot of snow. Yep. I mean, it was. Uh, that was a really cool experience for myself, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Well, I met you before that. Was I drinking? We what was the first time I met you
1: was uh, Murfreesboro. That's right. You were across from uh, Mark Lambert, and you guys were there. Sort of talked to you, but we didn't we didn't meet. And then I took your class in January in Lakeland, Florida. That's right. At Whiskey Bent Barbecue.
0: That's right.
1: And that's where we became associated with each that's other. Right. We were we were acquaintances. Then.
0: That's right. You come down with a couple of other – it was four of y'all that come down. Y'all rented a house, right? Yep. Yeah. It was, uh, Nicole and Chad and uh, Mike. Yeah, that's right. And we did. We, we You took my class, and then I wound up coming to Michigan to teach a class. Yep. That was earlier that year, yes. Yep.
1: And I had signed up for that class, and I called you. I said, hey, if you need anything, let me know. I'm only two hours away. Mm-hmm. And I said, hey, can I get my meat sent there? That'll – you know that'll save me a lot because I'm going to get on a plane. I said sure. I said anything else you want, and you said okay. Called me back in like five ten minutes. You he said hey, I just refunded your money. Help me teach a class. Yeah. So
0: been rolling been ever since, right? And since then, I've been winning too. Well, I mean, I'm not gonna. It's because of you cooking, It ain't got nothing to do with me. I don't cook with you. Nah. I mean, you've got to cook it yourself. You, you taught me. It ain't like you. You don't earn it. Let me say that. You're out. And so, tell us a little bit about your accolades and and awards you've won, or you know anything like that.
1: Um, we're at. We've had three grand champions, um, and three RGCS. So that's that's the best of our accolades that we've gotten. Besides going to the Jack. Our first time draw for the Jack, we were, we were drawn and 74 or 76 teams. And we ended up taking second in chicken and 10th overall. So it was, it was an awesome Jack experience yeah. for that's us. That's a,
0: that's a great trip to the Jack. Yep. First time I ever went, we, we wound up with a second place 180 brisket and a second place 180 sauce. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it's nothing like cooking in a hollow down there in the middle of October. Oh, it was awesome. We were just – I think me and Matt were going to go, like, head-to-head
1: because I was messing up the, the chicken, and <laughs> we ended up winning, or second place. So, well, he apologized.
0: You, you um, can't beat that. Now, you've also won Team of the Year a few times in the Great Lakes barbacy Society, right? Yes. We've gotten uh, Team of the Year overall.
1: Um Last year for Division Two, because we split it up and got Division One, Division Two, and I can't run with the big dogs and do, you know, fifteen comps a year. So uh, we won Team of the Year. Overall, we won brisket and ribs this year. Last year we won brisket, and we tied the year before with uh, Rich Parker and Tom Summers, and Tom had a an extra point for getting a one eighty was the tiebreaker, so he won that one. Well you've been
0: really consistent then,
1: right? On brisket. I think in 19, 18 or nineteen I got Team of the Year in brisket too.
0: So are you basically still cooking that same brisket recipe? Exactly. That I was cooking from before. The only thing I've changed is using uh A9s that that is the butcher shop. Wow. <clears throat> I can honestly say I know two other people cooking that recipe and they're probably cooking twenty five comps for better a year and they're both sitting pretty heavy. Um, it's it's a consistent you, recipe. I'll say that it's what you taught the first the first class we took in
1: 2017. So wow,
0: that and you have went to cooking on an outlaw now. Yes, and that's I mean,
1: that's made a big difference.
0: That's that Cadillac.
1: That's made a big difference. Jay Craig makes a an amazing amazing. I call it a machine. It, I mean, pretty much is you know it 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 runs itself and
0: it does. You just kind of feed it a, a stick or so of wood. Ever
1: well, it, it doesn't run itself. Matt runs it, you know, my, my teammate. <laughs> well, so,
0: hold up. Maybe we need to get Matt here for Memphis in May then.
1: He's cooking his own uh, the the spring fling for the Great Lakes Barbecue Associates this, this weekend. That's tomorrow. Oh, so wow. it's a four-meat contest, and he cooks under another team name, you know, just for, like, rib burns. Yeah. But he's going into that. He won it two years ago.
0: Yeah, I mean, y'all are both doing real well up in Michigan using our stuff, and I, I can't thank you enough, and a great ambassador. Well, you know, talking about competition barbecue, kind of what, you know, I love talking about sometimes, what categories would you consider your best? I would say brisket now that you've kind of told me. You Bris- know. Yeah, brisket we've had the most
1: um, most first places in. Uh, ribs is the second you know, runner-up. Chicken we do pretty good. And like most people, pork is way down here. But we're working on that. So we just did a practice two weeks ago, and we got like the most flavor out of our pork that we've ever had.
0: Well, outside of barbecue, fingers crossed. Outside of barbecue, I know we're kind of jumping around here. I got to ask, what, what you, what, you didn't tell us? What do you do for a living outside of barbecue?
1: I have a lawn and landscape company.
0: I've had for this is my thirty third season 33 years
1: and snow plowing in the winter you yeah. know so now I snow think.
0: plowing just sounds interesting and for somebody like me that we don't get all that kind of stuff here right i mean when uh
2: gosh if it if a snowflake falls here people uh, everything closes and i mean it's like the world's ending
0: yeah if they call it on forecast
2: all the schools close snor- before snow even starts these days yeah, some of my Bad. customers,
1: if we're not there within two hours, they're doing the same thing. So, it's wow. like uh, babysitting for
0: customers. You know. Well, what's yeah. kind of the wildest story you have about plowing? You've got that's got to be some kind of you've got to have something good.
1: <laughs> I put a new guy in a truck once, in my diesel truck, and I had one of my other trucks, and we we're doing this big restaurant parking lot. And I told him, I showed him how to do it. He's never plowed before. I showed him how to do it. I said, "Okay, you know when you—that's all you got to do with the diesel—is just barely gas it across, and at the very end, give it a little gas and push the snow up the bank." So I'm, I'm, or I'm plowing another area, and all of a sudden I didn't see Steve backing up. I was like, "What the, what the heck?" So I backed down into that area. He's ten feet up into the snowbank he floored it from the beginning of the parking lot and just held it across and kept going and he climbed the tank and, and beached my truck in the snowbank that was eight feet high
0: so did you have to pull it down oh yeah
1: yeah i had to hook it up and you can't get off of there
0: so what what kind of degree <clears throat> are we talking about here in incline
1: oh he made it up to the top he was almost flat the back wheels were still down, but he made the front wheels and the plow up the bank. Yeah. Wow.
2: Did he continue to have a job?
1: No. <laughs> well, he did with the lawn, but not snow. He was a shoveler, and I had an extra truck. And we got a lot of snow that day, and I'm like, well, wouldn't hurt. We'll just put him in the truck.
0: So you have terms for, like, shovelers. Yeah, yeah. What do you, what you mean by that? Like somebody gets out and shovels the sidewalks? Sidewalks.
1: Uh, in front of the garage doors and residential houses, you know the sidewalks up to the up to the front doors. Full service, you know, like a concierge service.
0: Oh, I didn't realize you'd done all that. Yeah, there's only one way to do it: do it right. That's what I said about barbecue. Do a job, big or small,
1: do it right, and not at all. That's what I say. <laughs>
0: Is that your motto? Yeah. Is <laughs> it
1: your motto? Did I steal it?
0: No, no. That's a that's a great motto. Well, you know, I always like to hear stories. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a big story guy. So if you've got that about snow plows, tell me what's your wildest story in competition barbecue. I ask everybody else. I know you've got to have seen some crazy nonsense. Either, you know, something's happened at a contest or maybe it's something on the way to a contest. Or, or. Oh,
1: oh, oh, oh.
0: <laughs> yeah, we were on our way. This is PG.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's PG. All right we were on our way to uh, uh, the Hoosier Barbecue in just south of Franklin, Indiana. Matt and I left. I got a fifth-wheel toy hauler, uh, 31 foot. I just put brand-new tires on this, tires and rims. We start heading up I-75 at four, 4.05 in the morning. We get 20 minutes up. and All of a sudden, I'm looking out my window, and there's sparks like I'm watching – uh, what's the Tom Cruise movie? The race movie. Oh. When uh. he crashes at nighttime, you know, there's sparks mm-hmm. everywhere. I lost both rims and tires. My trailer, uh. the driver's side dropped right down to the hubs, to the axles. And I was like, oh my God, Matt, I'm looking in the rearview mirror. And that's all I see is a tire coming faster than us as we're pulling over. It's still doing 70 miles an hour and, it's probably still rolling today. <laughs> we, we never <laughs> found it. It was four th- four twenty five in the morning. There was no. That's scary. Yeah, we sat there for six hours because no wrecker will come on I seventy five to work until it's light time. So seven eight o'clock a.m. is the first time they come out.
0: <laughs> really? Yep. <clears throat> wow. I bet that was a kind of a scary experience then.
1: So we sat up. On the bank, because that's scary sitting on the side I-75. You know, one truck or one car just looking down for a minute can just blast right through you. Well, we sat up on the banks, got some lawn chairs because we had them in the trailer. And uh, Jay Craig called. He says, hey, I heard what happened. If there's anything I can help you with, if you need a pit brought to, to Franklin, you know, it's by his place. He says, well, We'll do whatever we got to do. So I started throwing around that idea. He said, you know, you're by, you're by the, the Indianapolis down there. You know, and they, they rent trailers. You can get a trailer rented. So I started thinking, well, Matt was so mad. He was like, I just want to go home. <clears throat> so I made the decision. We're going. So I ordered a trailer, had it set up right at the comp. They brought it out, plugged it in. Air conditioning, everything awning out. I had a small trailer, took my outlaw off of that trailer, put it on the small trailer, put everything in the back of the truck, and we drove to Richmond. We made it for the comp.
0: And you left the trailer sitting on the side of the road?
1: Yeah, I called a company, and they had to come out, and they fixed it on the side of the road enough to pull it to the dealer. And they got it to the dealer, and the insurance took care of everything.
0: And you're still cooking out of that trailer today? Yep. <laughs> Now I've got to ask, who makes that trailer? Um, It's a KZ Sportster. But the the key is check your lug nuts. Well, you need to check your lug nuts and your tires <laughs> and your bearings for every long road trip. I do mine every year. I'm a believer. I uh, do my bearings and the whole plates. If we're going to be traveling much, we do the same thing. I mean, you just can't. I don't like being broke down on the side of the road. I'm. You know, we carry spares and impact guns with us. And we look like NASCAR if a flat happens, which is not knock on wood very often. But, uh, you know, I don't like pulling. Uh, There's probably a running joke about me and pulling trailers. Everybody knows that I don't play around. When we go, we go.
1: Oh, yeah, you're doing 85.
0: I mean, we're running 80, 85. There, there used to be times when Candace would be in a car and she would slow down and me and another guy would be pulling double trailers and we'd run clean out of sight of her. I mean, uh
2: I'd rather be driving myself sometimes than shaking along the way.
0: Well, not shaking. You're talking about the wind and those long trailers. Swaying.
1: That's why women live longer than men.
0: You're right. (laughs) I think it's the adrenaline rush, too. You know what I mean? I mean, maybe I should have been a race car driver, Hell, I've thought of that. Well, you know, I had a problem. But I've always kind of drove with a little speed behind me, and I feel like maybe I should have been a – where I was from, you know, they used to run whiskey all the time and cars and all that, like old moon shiners. Well, I used to get in trouble. and This is not a joke. My dad was still living. He can tell you. My mom, we call her up right now. I had a, I was a dirt road racer, is what I called myself. And we had a group of friends that we raced the dirt roads. And, you know, you can slide in dirt roads and you can't do that on the pavement, right? Mm-hmm. And so we all had little trucks and I had a Toyota, you know, I had an S10 one time, a little Chevrolet and. And we run these dirt roads. By the time you clutch it and you're in third gear and fourth gear going around these banks, you know, you can't flip them on the dirt roads. But we used to get the law called on us all the time by almost running people in ditches and all that. So it's totally different times back then. Oh, totally different. Wait, wait. wait, wait. You're still a youngster. So compared to me, I'm not that big of a youngster. I mean, I'm, I'm 44 now. I feel like I'm 60. I got 11 years on you. Well, I mean, I think I was in junior high by the time you were born. Man, probably, but <laughs> I was pooping big turds when I was small, oh though. Gosh. I mean, that's the thing about it. Well, it
2: sounds to me Shooting like <laughs> you have a hard time getting places. Because, so oh. speaking of like adventures, <clears throat> so let's say, let's tell everybody you're here because you came to help us out this weekend, um, South Haven Spring Fest. Yes. Came and. You're coming to Memphis in May, coming to help. So you kind of came this weekend for a practice run. Right. And you did not have an easy time getting here.
0: No. So what all
1: happened? Let's hear this. (laughs) All right. Well, my first flight was taken off at 7 a.m. from Flint, Michigan. We loaded everything. We got taxiing out on time. And there was a storm in Chicago, so FAA shut down the airport. So we sat on the runway for an hour and a half, 8.30, 8.25, 8.27, something like that, we started moving. I had a connector flight in Chicago at 8.06, which they're an hour behind me, so so 9.06. I mean, you know, when we took off, we only had a half hour before my flight took off, and, you know, they closed boarding at Fifteen minutes before the mm-hmm. takeoff, so when we finally got there, I missed my connector. Well, it was a rat race trying to they're trying to find me a, a a flight. They couldn't find them at the desk, so I had to go to one of the courtesy phones, and and that lady helped me. She found me a flight. So I was flying from Chicago to Dallas Fort Worth. And then get a connector, I had like an hour-and-a-half, two-hour layover, and then flying from there to Memphis. The flight from, from Dallas-Fort Worth was supposed to leave at 4.56. Then it got delayed to 5.20. Then it got delayed to 5.46. And once it got delayed the second time, we found out that they had no crew. So they're waiting for a crew to come in. They didn't even have any crew to help board people. So then then they delayed it a third time because they didn't the captain wasn't there. They finally got a captain and they came over the, the PA and said, We got a captain, but he's in the air on a flight right now. When he lands, he's gonna come here and fly this one. So everybody's all happy finally. Then they delayed it to 647. Then it went to 707. Then they said it's raining and they can't load the luggage because the ground crew won't work loading the luggage.
0: And then they canceled it. Gosh. So. And what time was that when you finally got the last call that they canceled?
1: 8... 8.07, something like that, was the last time that the flight was supposed to take off. 8.07 or 8.20. I think it even went to 8.20. So we went from 4.56 to 8.20 delays. Finally, they canceled it. Well, if you've ever been in an airport when you got a canceled flight, everybody's everybody's running for the next line. Luckily, Megan, my girlfriend, got right on the computer. She started working on the computer and looking for flights, and we couldn't find any flights. Rental cars, everything was, because there were so many people, only two places out of all the rental places would do one way. You know, because you got, I, we, I mean, there were 60, 70 people in, in line at Dollar and Avis. So we couldn't get a car or I couldn't get a car. There wasn't any available. They, they didn't have any. They were having a bunch shipped over, but it was going to be three hours at least, and it's already 9 o'clock. So Megan looked at every airport around, everywhere I could fly in. I could fly to Little Rock, Arkansas, and then take a two-and-a-half-hour bus, or I could take a bus at 11.15 at night, and this is 9 o'clock, 9.15 at night, and either I'm sleeping in the car rental terminal... Or we're gonna get that that bus. If I was gonna get a rental car, that was gonna be a seven hour drive all overnight. I might as well at least get a little bit of sleep. sleep. Well, I tried, couldn't sleep. So uh, finally, that was a eight hour drive this morning. I got here at seven seven thirty this morning, and it doesn't stop there. It doesn't <laughs> stop there. <laughs> I know. So I get an Uber. It takes me to the to the hotel to the Hilton, and I get there, and you or and Candace had had three days reserved for me or paid for, and it's what time did I get there? Eight o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. and they didn't have a they didn't have my my room. I didn't check in by four p.m., so they sold it to somebody
0: else. And when we talked to them at six AM, they still had your room. Yeah. But it so was such I, a
2: I don't have anything nice to say, so I'm not gonna say anything about that.
0: About the Hilton.
2: Yeah, Hilton Garden Inn and all the branch.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's a it was a rough situation, but we do appreciate you being here. I'm finally here. finally made it. On the show, I you finally it. made it. I appreciate it. And you it. really went through hell or high water to get here because it rained <laughs> all night on that bus ride, did it not? It did. That's awful. All night. And you said the bus driver was swaying all over the road, right? Well, the last two hours. I put my seatbelt on.
1: I think I was the only one on the bus, but I was the only one that wasn't sleeping. You know, so the bus wasn't full? No, there was probably 12, 14 people. She had room so.
2: to like space out a little bit at least.
0: Yeah, I had my own two seats and now I've not been on a bus like that in years. It have a bathroom and all that. Yep. Okay. That's probably not bad, Dan. But those seats are, don't recline back or anything, right? Like a like a plane seat.
1: It goes back probably a little bit. Yeah. Not a little bad. more than the plane. It's probably 3 4 inches at the most, but nothing. But you still got all the hardware from the seat in front of you and your legs can't go anywhere and you might have knee room, but you can't stretch out. And there was only two rules on the bus. Nothing in the aisle, feet, anything. He says if I look if I look in the mirror or, or the cameras and I see anything out, you're off the bus. And cell phones, you had to have them turned off or use your your mic, you know, your
0: headphones. because he it was, a, was overnight, he was a pretty strict bus driver then, huh? So you couldn't even stretch out your legs across the seats as long as I kept them out of the aisle, kept them on
1: my two seats. <laughs> but I'm six four, so obviously <laughs> that didn't work too well. So yeah, that didn't much work. out.
2: So you haven't slept since?
1: No, that that was the plan. I was going to go to the hotel. Mm. Heath called yeah, when yeah, I was I on the bus. He said, uh, just go ahead and go back to the hotel, you know, get a few hours sleep, and I'll see you for, for lunch, and then we'll do this. Well, they didn't have a room for me, so.
0: So we brought you over to the house, showered you up, you well, know. I took a shower. Well, yeah, <laughs> you took a shower. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. Yeah. You took a shower, and I appreciate
1: the hospitality. That was, oh yeah, man! That well. right there. I mean, once I once I got to the hotel and and there was no room, I wasn't tired. I was wide awake. I was. I had a.
0: I got a coffee, and I was like, "Let's let me just get a shower." And it's just like shoveling we'll snow, right? We'll go. You're just going right through it because you probably had some long days shoveling snow, right? Oh yeah, and plowing. Yeah, I used to have.
1: Now I do about twelve to fourteen hours from start to finish, for all my jobs. But I used to have two trucks doing 32 hours. That was long. Yeah, I, bet. I bet. I had probably 180 residential houses. I had
0: 11 subdivisions I did all the roads on. I don't want to do that ever again. Yeah, that would have probably been a lot. Well, look, I let's see. jump back into some food and talk about some food. <laughs> so what do you, when you're at home and you're not cooking comps and all that, what's your... What's your go-to? What's Kevin cook? What does he like to eat? Um, well, steak for sure.
1: I mean, I like – last two, three years i have been on sort of a relaxed keto type thing, you know. Um, just the good vegetables, the broccoli, the cauliflower, the um, cabbage, Brussels sprouts, and anything you want – steak, pork, chicken – just eat that, you know, and I lost thirty pounds. I was up to forty pounds down, but I'm at thirty right now, but that's what I like to eat. Leftovers, I like making pizzas. I
2: don't
0: know oh, if you've yeah. ever seen some of those. I got a steak pizza that I make
2: that's I've seen those pictures online.
0: Phenomenal. Well, you do. You well, you cook a lot at home. And I know that every morning you have a ritual, don't you? Oh yeah, the hot tub. You get up and you get. What time do you get up and get in the hot tub every morning? Anywhere, whenever I wake up,
1: five o'clock to six o'clock, usually, and I go right out. I get the the coffee made. I get my my Heath Riles thirty ounce uh, coffee mug set up, and and I go out the hot tub. Sometimes an hour, sometimes two hours, depending if I have to go to work or if it's just winter time. I'm out there
0: easily two hours. You just soak up in the hot tub for a couple of hours, yeah. drink your coffee, watch the news, I assume you got TV out there or something?
1: Nope, I got my phone.
0: You got your phone, you just play on the phone? I scroll
1: on Facebook, I play poker. So I would wrinkle up and get tired. <laughs> I'll be. I can't do nighttime. nighttime. The hot tub wakes me up. Really? Yeah. If I If I do it just before,
0: if I go in there before bed, I'll be like, See, I've always heard hot tubs relax you and all that and, like, put you to sleep. Not me. Not you. Wide awake. I like it. So, well, you know, and I guess that was going to lead into more questions. I wondered if you got in in the evening times and relaxed and kind of chilled and had a beer and, you know, done some cooking and things like that. But you don't. It's kind of a morning time ritual. I recently I have been because I've
1: had, like, a, you know, rib pops out and, you know. Got a little sore back a little bit. And when going back to work like last couple of weeks, you know I'll get home from work and I'll be all chilled because it's been pretty cold up there too. And maybe jump in for a half hour. But that's about it. Yeah. Mostly morning.
0: That's a ritual. Well, you know. You should know, get a hot tub. Well, let me ask this. <laughs> What's the best barbecue joints in Michigan? Because I've got to say that I've not had the opportunity to – to have a lot of barbecue in Michigan, we had. Did we have any? I don't think we did the whole time we were there. Uh, any barbecue joints? Well, you,
2: so you went the time you're saying, but then there was one time where we went up together, and that's the first time that I met Kevin, but I don't think that we had barbecue that time. Not mm-hmm. from a restaurant, anyways. We ate barbecue at the, what we went for. But.
1: There's there's nothing outstanding. I mean, you got some food trailers out there. Um, Steve Coddington, you know. Bubba's barbecue. Steve's a great guy. Yeah. Well, that's how I learned. You know, I took my very first class, or the very first comp I ever cooked. I had a, a char griller. We had two char grillers, me and my buddy, Jesse. And he said, let's go cook this Auburn Hills contest. It was a, a KCBS, a pro KCBS. We pull in there, you know, we pay the thing, we get everything. I only knew how to cook in my backyard. I had no idea that you. There was a flavor profile for judges and all that. So we get all set up, and they got us on the grass away from the 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 main part, you know, all the big guys. Right across from us is Mark Rasmussen, smoking aces, with a smoker out of the back. The, the trailer looked like a NASCAR hauler. And we're like, this is what we're competing against. What the hell are we doing? And... I think he ended up winning that that year. It was 2013. And we took, we finished dead-ass last. But we weren't last in every category. So we finished. And as soon as I did that, that was the same year that Steve Coddington won the the barbecue person of the year. He beat me out. Through Kingsford and Stephen Reichlin, And the owner of the restaurant that he was at at that time said, I want you to have a barbecue team and, you know, pick a team and and travel, you know, he'll pay for it. So Steve picked me because I don't know why he picked me, but I finished all the categories. You know, I, I, I was a successful turn in at, at my first comp. So, which was a great thing because I learned a lot. I mean, that's where I met you. We went down to Murfreesboro with him and uh, him and Phil Wingo and Chris Mills. Oh,
0: Chris Mills. Yeah. Flying Pigs. Flying Pigs. Yeah. It is. You know Chris Mills, right?
1: So, he would go down there and cook the KCBS, KCBS part,
0: and he cooked the MBN. Yeah. So. Well, you were around a great group great group of guys there, and, uh, you know, Steve, Bubba, mm-hmm. as we all know him. Um, what year was that? 20, 2016, 2015? What, the... Barbecue, he person, the barbecue of the person of the Year, 2014, 13? I think he got it in
1: 14. 14. It might have been for 13, but he got it in 14 because that was the year we did the 2014 and 2015 with Lockhart's Barbecue. Yeah. And then I started the Kevlar Barbecue in 16, and I think I only did two comps. I didn't even join K C P S at that point. I didn't join KCPS until 2017. And then, as they say, you know,
0: all history now all history that's kind of like me i mean we started out cooking a little local contest like everybody does i think in their backyard at home and and it just started out as just cooking for a group of friends and it turned into well you should cook that contest and then now i I don't know i still it's kind of crazy sometimes we talk to all these barbecue people all over the country and have friends barbecue friends all over and everything else it's really uh Really cool, really nice. That's when they say barbecue family, it's it's true. I, I truly believe that. I mean, some of my best, best, closest friends, including you, come out of barbecue. I mean, it's, uh, I know we don't get to see each other all the time. A few times a year that we do, That's we a good thing. get together and celebrate and have a good time and, uh, you know, just uh, always eat good food and cook. And uh, I don't know, barbecue is, it's, it's very different than a lot of other things you can get yourself into. And I'm looking forward to learning something new this weekend too.
2: Now you you organize like a rib contest, yeah. correct? Yep. Every year you yep. do?
1: In January up in Michigan. Yeah. It's uh you try to get me to come cook it
0: every year. I need to come cook.
1: I mean, it's a hundred dollars to buy in and I make it, you know, we usually get about twenty five people or at least twenty five people. And that makes first place $1,000 for a rib comp. I mean, that's pretty darn good, yeah. you know, to come cook three, four, or five hours, something like that. But this year was nice. You know, we had good weather. It was 30-some degrees. But last year, it was negative 12 at 7 a.m. when everybody started showing up to, to load in.
0: It, Have hit, fun. it hit 15 degrees. Oh, um, That was the high. Are you going to do like a... You know, a summer one.
2: (laughs) You have any plans for a summer one? Yeah, Michigan's real nice in the summer. That's when we came.
0: Well we
1: put three we put three easy ups together and we got four teams in in one big tent and we have two big heater or two propane heaters in there and it's actually almost eighty degrees. You know, if you stand on a cooler and and have your thermo pen open. It's almost 80 degrees
0: in there. So we're down to T-shirts when we're cooking inside. You just take tent walls and then close. Yeah, close it all up. and gotcha. That makes sense. So how many of those uh, rib burns have y'all done? I've done three at
1: my house. I've held three at my house, plus I've held our uh, Great Lakes Barbecue Association beak-to-beak. Uh, beak. That's a special thing, thing they do. It doesn't cost any team, but as long as you – take a first through third in any Michigan competition or any uh, qualified competition for GLBBQA, which is Michigan, Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana, and Ohio. So if you get a first through third, you're in the beak-to-beak. And they go, we have a competition for a belt, and it's pretty neat. Jim Miller's won it the last three years from uh, Firehouse Smoke, He's, he's a good chicken cook. I don't guess I know
0: him. He's our president of the GLB,
1: GLBBQA. He's from uh, Sault Ste. Marie. They run that comp um, up in the Sault Ste. Marie, but it's
0: they can't do it anymore. I mean, we we dropped down to one comp. So, talking about comps, what's your favorite comp you cook on the circuit? <clears throat> um. Probably
1: Westlands, All-American Barbecue. That's where we're, I mean, it's got a special place for us. That's where we won our first GC. Um, our Probably our most favorite that we ever had was Mark and Rich's from the Barbecue Superstore. Their um, Rumble on the River. They would have 28 teams, so that way you have seven, you have four tables of seven, and you're, you hit every different table. On every meet, you'll never hit another table. So he was—he won't take any more than 28 teams, or they won't.
0: And we won that. They had five years of that, and we won it the last two years. Yeah, we always send in product because they yep. kind of ask vendors to, um, you know, donate something or a little swag or something like that, and they make great goodie bags for all the teams. That's Rose. a great great way to give back to all the teams, you know, coming in, I think. The box is probably – foot and a half
1: you know rectangle filled two of them for every team so it was the the best the best gift box in in barbecue we would say
0: well you know what would you say is the biggest um, misconception about competition barbecue being you know because when I'm going to be honest when I think of michigan that just don't make me scream barbecue so i mean i understand y'all have a lot of contests and barbecues everywhere now but what what when you think of barbecue what do you think of i mean you know talking about regional barbecue sections i guess is where i'm leading that into like memphis kansas city north carolina you know places like that i know california is kind of unique with some things um but what is unique about Michigan style barbecue or, or northern style barbecue, I guess, compared to what we southerners know as barbecue. I would say it's a little sweeter. Sweeter? Yeah.
1: Like like in ribs we do a rib, you know, I, I I like to say rib candy. And that's that's what we've found, you know, works up that way. The sweeter the better. Yep. Not not too sweet. I mean, don't go crazy. You know, the brisket Obviously isn't gonna be sweet. Some people do, you know. Everybody sauces them differently. I don't like to put sauce on the slices. You know, I just do the top. That's me. And then slice it. So when you take a bite of that brisket, you're tasting the meat and you got that little bit of little hint of sauce. And that sauce
0: actually sets for ten minutes on the smoker, on the outlaw. It kind of so, creates a nice crisp bark anyway. Not right. crisp, but tackier tackier yep. type. And it, helps, consistency. and it holds up to be able to slice it. Yeah. Because I sauce
1: it first and then slice it. And it sort of messes it up. But I don't once, know how that is. Once you lay those, you know, once you lay those slices out there, they're not together anymore. So you
0: don't see the. That's right. And you paste back over it. I'm sure a little aju anyway, don't you? Just a, yeah, the faces. the slices, on the faces, yep. you know. You
1: got to make them sheen, shine and
0: glisten and so words you can put into that well you know talking about shining and glistening i see a lot of these guys now using duck fat spray kind of misting it on the really? meat before they shut the box yes i haven't told you that i've seen that a lot lately of, of I've people never heard that if you hadn't heard it nope. i've seen some people online and caught it in a few videos and things wondering why it was sitting on the counter in a comp trailer and i've seen like some some group videos of things and Stuff that people missed in their products. It's kind of, I don't know, I like duck fat spray, don't get me wrong, but I never thought about using it as kind of a, a sheen on there. I haven't had any luck with the duck fat spray. Every time I go
1: to spray it, it comes out in, like, solid streams. I can't get it to to spray. Well, it probably won't run in negative <laughs> <laughs> 12.
2: That's the temperature you're in. <laughs> okay,
1: okay, it it gets 80 to
0: 90, <laughs> yeah. you know, in the summertime. It was warm so when we went there. It was. It was warm when we went there. It was warm. Well, you know, I guess, man, I, I guess with you it's a little bit different than any other podcast guest because we just have so much to catch up on we see each other. It's probably been more like general conversation here than yeah. than a lot of the other podcasts we've been on. But, you know, I appreciate you being a good friend, man, and uh, always have my back and support. Is there anything uh, you'd like to say, you know? Uh, before we jump off and anything like that. Oh, you know, I always like to ask this crazy question, I guess, before you wrap that up. Sometimes somebody's guests Is there anything you carry in your pocket every day It's just useless? Nope. Everything you use is in your pocket. Everything I use is right here. Nothing weird. Nope. All right. I'd like to ask. <laughs> We've had some people carry weird things in their pockets, so. Well, tell the people where they can find you at or you got anything left to say? Would you, you know? No, I look forward to this weekend.
1: Well, I'm a little sad that I missed the setup. You know, I wanted to be here for the
0: whole the whole shebang, you know, and but well, we'll give you that full opportunity at Memphis in May since you're <laughs> driving down for it yeah we'll tell you when to be here and we'll roll that way all right we'll be early i'll let you set up as much as you want to set up (laughs) (laughs) sounds like you're going to use me no i would not do that man uh we try to keep our setups minimal and everything else but you know i don't know if we i know we talked about it a while ago you was in town for south spring fest but kevin's kind of you know coming in and helping me at memphis here I can't run two pits at once and keep up with everything. So, Kevin's going to be one of the guys that helps run one of my pits, um, you know. And uh, I don't trust anybody with that job. He's a hell of a cook himself. And uh, keeping the cons- temperature consistent when we throw those ribs on there to cook, we're going to see we can't turn out. So, let's uh, let's go down here to South Haven and see what we can do this weekend, brother. Oh, you put some pressure on me. I nice. know. <laughs> I know. I know. He
2: might want to sleep a
0: few hours. He might want to get a few, few uh, hours of sleep tonight. We're not going to. I'm not going to keep knocking back these cold ones with you today. I will be out. Out like a light. This evening. Yes. Well, look, I appreciate you. Where can everybody find you at if they want to connect with you, Kevin? Uh, pretty much just Facebook. I got a Kevlar barbecue page, and
1: that's pretty much it. Pretty much it. I mean, I just do competitions. You know, everybody's like.
2: Just G-. do. That's hard work.
1: Oh, well, yeah. A lot <laughs> of people that have been in the competition, you know, they're like, well, I like to cater because it's guaranteed money. Well, I have a job, so, you know, this is just passion. and It's a great hobby to get into. It's, a, it's an expensive great hobby to get into. Very expensive.
0: Yes. <laughs> well, look, we appreciate you coming on today. Thank you. And uh, hope maybe when you get back in town from Memphis, we'll get you on again, and uh, we'll recap some other stuff. All right? Maybe you won't have a long story to tell about how you had to get here, the journey. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. No, we'll be driving. That's right. We're going to take the Maserati down here. And- Last time we came
1: down, it was 2,600 miles in four days.
0: It's like a cannonball run, baby,
1: ain't it? That's right. Me and Megan got in there and just.
2: Y'all like to explore everything around. It's spontaneous.
1: Spontaneous, and you know.
2: Last time y'all flew off to New Orleans from here.
1: Yep, we went down to New Orleans, came back. (laughs) Well, we took a couple days going down. We went to Heavy Smoke over in St. Louis, and I think that's where it's from. Mm -hmm. And then we met you guys in Memphis. It was a barbecue company. And then you went and had down beignets to, and coffee, right? Down to the shed. And then we went to New Orleans. I'd never been to New Orleans. So that was,
0: it was a good trip. New Orleans is a great food city. It is. Maybe we need to meet up down there. Let's go. Let's go. All right. All right. Appreciate you for coming on, brother. Cheers. 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 And I appreciate everybody for tuning in. And we'll see y'all next week. Another episode of Shooting the Cute. Be sure to like and subscribe to this if you want to hear every week's episode. We'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to the Shooting the Cue podcast. If you have any comments or suggestions for future episodes, please feel free to reach out to us on our social media channels or through our website. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. Leave us a review if you enjoyed the show. Until next time, keep shooting the cue.